Up next on episode 87 of Stack Overflow, Joel and Jeff sit down with their new community coordinator, Robert Cartano, to discuss the future of Stack Overflow and Stack Exchange 2.0 from IT Conversations. Hi, this is Phil Windley. Today I'm excited to bring you another great program from Stack Overflow with Joel Spolsky and Jeff Atwood here on IT Conversations. The Conversations Network is a 501c3 nonprofit, and we need your help. For a tax-deductible donation of as little as $5 per month, you can support this channel and the rest of the Conversations Network. So please visit conversationsnetwork.org to become a member and help us continue to bring our programs to the world for free. Our audio files are delivered by Limelight Networks, the high-performance content delivery network for digital media. And now, here's Stack Overflow. Skype doesn't do multicast video. Seriously? It's just like like you can't even... Only point-to-point. Point. Really? Yeah. I'm, I'm surprised. Well, we knew that from the VC call, remember? Uh, I don't know. I've never had video before. Wait, why does yeah. it say missed conference call? Oh, because that was at the other computer. I got Skype logged on to two computers. I got a whole new setup this week. Hey, welcome to Stack Overflow podcast number XX. 87, maybe? X. No, this is a special. It's like a special edition. It's like, it's like we've broken the in interregnum. Oh, it's kind of like when the uh, Eagles got back together. <laughs> or like the, the Sonic Carvalho concert in Central Park. Uh, That's yeah. right. <laughs> exactly. I believe the title was Hell Freezes Over. <laughs> the Eagles one? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's a good. Uh, that's a good one. Pigs flying is another good one. Oh my god! Why are they making that noise in the kitchen? Hold on. <laughs> we have with us uh, audience today a special guest, Robert Cartano. Have we ever announced like no to the public at large? We, we have not. Anonymous. Not no. yet, but we want to. Uh, we will. He's gonna. I'm gonna. Yeah, it's it's in the works. By the time this podcast is published, it should be known. Excellent plan. Uh, Robert yes. is uh, 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 the new community manager, um, although I don't know what, what title we're actually going to put on his business card for Stack Overflow Incorporated. I've been putting community coordinator. I don't know if that's apt, but it seems to work for now. Coordinator, okay, or yes. you know, coach, team leader, contessa. I always say any title <laughs> you think is appropriate, you can have. That's right. And so I guess my job today is to laugh at Joel's joke, so... So Jeff the, doesn't uh, have to. Yeah. <laughs> Joel's jokes are too subtle sometimes. I don't actually, I don't actually get them until like afterwards when I'm listening to the podcast. Yeah. Well, then if you want, I'll like, just. Um, <laughs> we just have to splice them back in after the fact. That's right. We need a laugh track. I I, I will sometimes do that in the in the post uh, post edit post um, post production. I'll take Jeff's laughs and I'll move them to other places in the podcast. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so now we know the secret. No, I don't think Joel does that. So let let me talk briefly about why why Robert is a member of the team. Uh, I think this fits well with we're going to get heavily into Stack Exchange 2.0 today and what that's about, and uh, hopefully a lot of Q and A about that ideally. But certainly one thing we've learned with Stack Overflow and Super User and Serverfall is that the, the software part is, I don't want to say it's trivial because it's not. I mean, software is what we do, but that ends up being the easier part of the challenge. The, the real challenge in building community is the, the sociological and, and urban planning aspects of like, yeah. how do you have a community that doesn't blow up and doesn't 
people don't kill each other. <laughs> or even worse, nobody goes to because they can't. They don't care enough. Or it's a ghost or, town and nobody yeah. cares and there's litter all over the streets. I mean, these are like urban planning problems. And I think that's what, if we've gotten good at anything, it's not like, you know, compiling code. It's, it's hopefully that we've sort of figured out, at least for some kinds of community, not like every community in the world, but for some kind of communities, uh, we've come up with a, a new tool a, a screwdriver or a pipe wrench, whatever fits, uh, that seems to work really well. And and th- the software does part of it, but but the growing the community part is what that's what Stack Exchange 2.0 is all about. It's like how do you put rules and guidelines around how would I build a community of people interested in topic X? And that is what we're going to get good at, and that is why Robert is is going to be so pivotal because he's doing sociology basically he's helping us figure out like what's working what's not working why it's working why it's not working more more like social work than sociology (laughs) (laughs) anthropology you get your job robert is to find the 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 homeless guy who's also crazy (laughs) and probably has cancer and get him help for all of his problems, (laughs) even though he doesn't want to be helped and he's blabbing on about something about the Kennedys. Well, when we were in New York, Joel, uh, there was some guy that uh, came into a store and followed us and was yelling at us because he felt like we were taking pictures of him. (laughs) Okay, question. Were you taking pictures of him? No, we weren't. <laughs> Just the guy, had, the guy had some issues, obviously. So. Yeah, okay. That does actually happen. You joke about that, but that actually happened to us in New York City. That was uh, kind of weird. Uh, I also want to emphasize that Robert is indeed technical. I don't think we'll ever hire anybody for the company that isn't fairly deeply technical. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Robert is a programmer like us. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think, Robert, you have a pretty deep background in some of this stuff, right? Like, I mean, you've been doing since the BBS days. Yeah, I've been. I wrote my first BBS. I didn't write the first one, but I did write the first successful one. So I have a pretty low-level understanding of, you know, what it takes to get one of these systems huge and databases working and that sort of thing. So I hope I can bring some of that experience, or at least pass it on to customers when they ask for crazy features that I just know aren't doable always. Yeah. So. Speaking of crazy features. Yeah, you know, I, I, people ask for things, but, you know, sometimes it's just not practical. But They're not possible. I'm amazed, I'm amazed at some of the stuff you guys get in there and that, that it works. I mean, there's some crazy database queries, I'm sure. Uh, I'm actually I'm amazed that it's, uh, that it's fast because there's a, I, you can just tell that there are a lot of database queries on every page. Yeah, I mean, I've seen, I've seen yeah. feature requests come through, and I'd be just like, oh, my God, there's no way they can do that. And I then just, a couple weeks later, it shows up. I started programming for the web, and it was uh, the Netscape web server and uh, C. It might have been C++. And Rogue Wave had some libraries from C++, so you could do advanced things like use strings. And, uh, and we were talking to a Sybase database, and I remember saying, you know what, my goal is going to be one query per page. <laughs> no more than that. <laughs> you cannot get good performance if you do more than one query per page, and so I will structure my, my databases in such a way that, that you can usually construct an entire page with the one query. Sigh. That never. Well, there, there is actually, there's actually some new theory on that, that, that the, the network and the databases and the infrastructure is so fast now, and they, they do this coalescing thing, mm-hmm. where even if you send lots of small queries through, because they're small, I mean, this is like queuing theory. If you have really small units of work, this is like risk versus sure. you know CISC again. So you have really small units of work. Actually, that can move through the pipeline quite quite rapidly. You don't want you don't. Have it's to when wait you have, but but 
my point is if you take it to extremes, it's probably bad. If you say, okay, we're only going to do one query per page, but your query is like this Mongo 1000 line <laughs> abomination that like, you know, it, it has to sure. take forever to parse and I, there's a point in diminishing returns. Or you could do, I'm going to do 100 queries of select, you know, field from where ID equals X, you know, which is a very trivial query. Right. Um, oddly enough, I agree with you. I, I've always tended to defer to the side of try to do fewer queries, but what we found with some of the the length stuff is that it, it it's not that it does too many queries. It does very simplistic small queries, and that turns out to be okay-ish yeah. on Stack Overflow. So yeah, yeah, no, I think I just think technology has changed since 1995. I mean, the other thing uh, that I remember was that we couldn't rely on connection pooling. I don't even think we had connection pooling the first time. So every query was a database login, and then do the query wow. and then log out. We lost that sounds really painful. Oh, Robert, where did you go? How do you get him him? back? I'll let him back in. Hold on. Oh, you're the organizer. Yes, I will bring him back in. I am calling him now. That's okay. With all their blah, blah, blah. Yeah, he probably just lost interest. He probably fell asleep and accidentally knocked the phone off the hook. Um, uh, um, I'm I'm trying to add him, so... And that is why the world is banana shaped. <laughs> <laughs> well, did you while while I'm doing this, did you want to start with any questions on Meta? Yes. Uh, so basically, uh, the reason we're doing this special podcast, even though we're in hiatus and whatnot, is uh, is because we sort of made a big announcement, which some of the podcast listeners may may have just completely missed if you only listen to the podcast, uh, which is a couple of pretty major changes in direction under Stack Exchange, or to use a Dave Weiner term, a corner turn. Basically, what we're going to be doing in the future is about 45 degrees different than what we did in the past with, uh, with Stack Exchange. Now, uh, uh, to bring everybody totally up to speed, Stack Exchange is the white-label version of Stack Overflow that allows, theoretically, anybody to come along and give us a credit card, and we'll sell you the software that we use to make so- Stack Overflow, um, usually on a hosted basis where we host it for you, and uh, you can make any kind of community you want in exchange for a small monthly fee. And uh, what we found is that that worked uh, surprisingly well in a couple of, well, not surprisingly, well, it worked well um, in, in a couple of dozen instances where it created dynamic and awesome sites, uh, but uh, it just was not really working. You couldn't really say, uh, you know, I don't think we were really happy with the, the growth and the penetration that we were getting with those few communities that were getting created on the Stack Exchange model. And, uh, uh, and so uh, the, basically the corner turn was this. First of all, we're going to stop charging for it. So, um, you know, the, originally the price started at $129 a month. And um, uh, we just sort of decided, and that kind of makes sense when you compare it to other software as a service type things. I don't know, it's kind of expensive, but that's sort of what we estimated it would cost. And, uh, uh, and we're going to start, we're going to stop charging for it. And that makes it much easier to create communities. And then um, simultaneously, um, instead of just letting sort of individual entrepreneurs create the communities, we're going to let communities create the communities. So we're, we're trying to set up a, a process that almost feels like a democratic process in some ways in which people kind of vote for uh, communities that they want to see created and then we'll create them. Uh, and uh, the difference is that we'll own them. So uh, a bunch of the people that were involved in uh, Stack Overflow um, 1.0, basically, uh, are, uh, 
uh, a bunch of the people that were involved in Stack Overflow 1.0 um, sort of had an entrepreneurial bent, and they were trying to create little businesses, and, and we'll pretty much allow them to continue uh, as long as they have you know, some level of traffic, uh, and as long as you know, we can continue to do so. Uh, well, that, well, can I interrupt? Yeah. So let's clarify one question that came up. You know, is the concept of, of ownership and whether we're going to do this this revenue sharing thing. And yeah. The more I thought about this, the more I realized that we actually we're walking that line between being a, a for profit company and a non profit company. So let me draw some lines around some boundaries. So Wikipedia is a non profit. Right. So they've set that boundary. Craigslist is is a for profit company. Right. But offers a public service, yeah. To which I would point out there is no visibility as to how that is governed whatsoever. Right, it's they, they very secretly okay. get together in a in a room, the twelve of them, and do whatever the hell they want. Right. Well, well, that's. I mean, I'm sure they don't. But the the point is that there's no visibility. So who knows? Who knows how it's run? And then of course there's obviously Google, which a lot of people think of as a public good, even though they're very much a commercial business. Mm-hmm. Um. So those would be some of the boundaries around the, the, the topic that we're discussing. But I think uh, we want, at least I, the more I thought about this, I believe we want to behave like we have the goals of a nonprofit company. I mean, I mean money is necessary to run the business. Mm-hmm. Money is necessary to keep the servers powered. Money is necessary to pay awesome programmers to work on this and pay awesome people like Robert to help us manage it. And, you know, the, the sales stuff that we drive yep. – the engine forward with, and we're going to continue to improve the platform and roll those improvements out to everybody. Like right now, we're working on an API, which means you'll be able to develop an API against any site that's on the engine. Um, and I, I think a, another big part of that is I, I want to continue to this yearly donation thing where we give back to the community for Stack Overflow. I mean, I think we want to continue to do that, but I, I don't think we ever want to directly pay people. I, I think money is such a weird motivator. Like I think right. that with Stack Exchange, the idea that it, you pay $120, $9 a month and you get this service was the wrong motivator exactly. for actually exactly. building community. It was more. not. It was getting the, uh, I, I, um, it was getting, uh, it was getting a, a much smaller group of people. You know, we were, we were getting the people that, we were getting the intersection of people who had a great idea and people who wanted to make an entrepreneurial kind of, you know, start a business around that idea uh, or had a, already had a business around that idea. And uh, what we really want to get is everybody who has a great idea and, 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 and can get an audience for that idea. So uh, we're sort of making it much, much, much more liberal. And, and as such, we're taking uh, exactly what you described with Craigslist, um, an approach of like trying to create government really around, around this new public resource. And the public resource, um, you know, just, just so I'm clear, all, all the content on the new Stack Exchange, uh, just like Stack Overflow, is all we believe is is owned by, I mean, the copyright is literally owned by the community. Um, so it's under that Creative Commons license, So and we make the data dumps available of it so that the people that contribute all that content are, are the community, uh, and, and they have to own it. Now, we're going to be, you know, displaying it on a webpage and allowing people to interact with it. And in the very, very long term, we believe that we'll be able to find organic, useful ways uh, that we can benefit people by making money. Well, there are already. I want to point out there are already benefits because this has come yeah. up a couple times, and I, I think it's weird. And maybe Stack Exchange it was actually sending people in the wrong direction in terms of the wrong message. Right. But the benefits that you get for from participating in Stack Overflow are you're you're the one showing off your knowledge. So we're not saying go to Stack Overflow because we provide the answer. We're saying go to Stack Overflow because these awesome programmers hang out there who know just everything. Yeah. You know, 
they're geniuses, right? I mean, we're showing off your talent and your ability. It has never really been about us. It's not like you know Joel Spolsky Stack Overflow or Jeff Atwood Stack Overflow. Right. Um, and I love telling people the story, but the guy that met us at the airport who recognized our Stack Overflow logo but had no idea who Joel was or who I was, right. I was like, that's perfect. That's exactly how it's supposed to be because it's about the community is, is awesome, not us, not you think, the website. Yeah, we, should, we should put our names on the front page somewhere, right? Just well, kidding. But on, on, <laughs> if you go to the about page, it gives some of the information about like who created this and where did it yeah. come from. And but we also have the community moderators on sure. there too, right? Yeah, yeah, it's not yeah. just and it's, us, and it's more about the com- community moderators. And especially with these new stack exchanges that are created by the community, those those moderators and the administrators of those communities and the people that get those communities off the ground have to be from the community because you know I, I I can't do anything about the Siberian Husky community. I don't know anything about Siberian Huskies. I'm you know. Mine, mine has diarrhea and won't go in his crate, you know? So, so I'm the last person you want wow. to be asking. I don't, I, don't, I don't want to go over to your house do not today. Want, do, not, do not want to be – you do not want to be asking me how to raise a, a puppy. But uh, uh, so um, – and then there are these other communities that we don't understand. Um, you know, we came up with a thought exercise of like how – one of these days there's going to be a question and answer site on the Stack Exchange platform on Stack Overflow or Stack Exchange, I guess we're calling it now, uh, that is in a language that none of us understand. And it's going to be awesome. It's going to have a lot of traffic, and it will be providing useful services to millions of people and getting them answers to their questions, you know, deep technical answers to very difficult questions on some topic that we may not even know what that topic is. And, you know, we'll be able to ask somebody, and they'll tell us, oh, this is about blah, blah, and we'll say, what the hell is that? And they'll say it's, you know, uh, some kind of a Vietnamese festival that happens every three years. (laughs) And we'll say, that's friggin' awesome. Why so many questions? And like, no, very valuable. It's making a big benefit to a community of Viet. Um, and, and we'll just say, okay, that's great. That's why we made the site. Um, and, and that has to happen really without us understanding that there is a need for that, for that question and answer board. I don't, I don't really want to say, we were, referring, we were referring, referring to them as communities, sort of. And although we are all about building communities, and that's the hard part, the truth is, we're even more than we're about communities, we're about getting answers to your questions. We're not here so that you can socialize with other people or so that you can meet other people that share your interests. We're, we're here so that you can get answers. Absolutely. I mean, it's a, it's a very Q&A-directed thing. Uh, one final bit I want to bring in when people are talking about, you know, what are the financial incentives for people to participate? A, I don't, I don't think there should be because it's a perverse incentive. Yeah. It actually kind of ruins the thing you're trying to create. But you already get a lot of very nice benefits from participating on Stack Overflow or Super User Service. Oh, it doesn't. The truth is, um, it's it's not. I don't want to. I don't want to cut you off. It is not even worth having this argument because uh, the proof is in the pudding. You know, the people that are saying nobody's going to participate in these communities if they can't make money off of them uh, have not looked at Stack Overflow. Stack Overflow has 6.5 million people participating uh, from around the world every month. Well, maybe the network, including Server Fault and uh, Super User. And, but, and none of them are, 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 are profiting from it except for, you know, a few dozen people who have gotten jobs. Well, I think, Joel, this goes back to your point of, like, how do you control your identity online? You control your identity online by putting good information out with your name attached to it. Mm-hmm. And that is what our engine does. It lets you show off. Look at these really great questions I've asked, answers I've provided. I just had lunch with a guy today. He's like, you know, we, we hired a guy <laughs> from Stack Overflow, basically, uh, not through careers, but through jobs. And I was able to look at his Stack Overflow profile and get a real good sense of, of what 
this person would be like to work with, what he knows, how he communicates. Mm-hmm. I mean, you get all those benefits already from just participating. So I think it's – maybe it's a straw man argument to say, well, what's the benefit to me for participating? Because you can look at sites like you know, Mahalo, which now has some kind of crazy explicit revenue share program. There's, well, there's like a little bit of Mahalo currency, which you can trade in for you know, gifts and prizes and – yeah. Uh, but you can look at that community and say, is, uh, just, uh, I mean, drive through the neighborhoods, drive through the Stack Overflow neighborhood, and you tell me, is this a community that you would be proud to be associated with? And I mean, Joel and I, and, and anyone on our team, are, we're not going to build things that we're not ultimately proud of being on the internet, you know, that, that again, like made the internet better. It's like, I, I'm proud to be associated with these things that we've created, and we're going to continue that. So I think you would probably be too, hopefully. Yeah. So anyway, but that was my main question. That was my one question I'm going to add to this conversation. But I would I would love to do a few more questions about maybe yes. from Meta Stack okay. Exchange. So um, one of the one of the, one of the things I kind of want to bring up. First of all, if you look on Meta Stack Exchange right now, you're already seeing a um, uh, cu- couple dozen right now. How many are there? Uh, Nineteen uh, site proposals already. And oh, there's a just... new one. There's eighteen the last time I looked. Yeah. Um, uh, so the first one was uh, the first one to show up was the proposal for a firearm stack exchange. Um, there, there was one I kind of liked and I want to bring up uh, that, that, that I thought was really cool is that somebody suggested a law stack exchange um, for legal questions. And um, uh, the original uh, proposer, user 1440 of The Hurt, um, who, uh, should I mention my name? I, I don't know if I Sure. Um, Why? Well, because I don't know if he's, his name is public. His real name. Oh, yeah, it is. Chris Jenkin from Portland. And, uh, and he said, hey, let's make a law stack exchange. And the target audience is anyone with legal questions. And he, he gave some example questions as, you know, I just got popped for my first felony. What are the next steps I should take? Um, are NDAs legally binding? How do I go about patenting my invention? My employer is breaking the law. How should I report it? So it's just, now this sounds to me like Yahoo Answers. If you went to the Yahoo Answers site and you looked at the legal questions that are showing up on there, um, right. This, to me, is, is very, very low value. There are already a million articles about each of these subjects on the Internet. There's a nice automatically generated one on Mahalo or an, an on Cpedia that, that is meaningless. There's a, probably a very, very good Wikipedia entries on these things, um, like you know whether NDAs are legally binding. Um, and so um, what I proposed is uh, so, something a little bit different. And I said, you know, let's, let, let's try to make it more professional than that. You want to talk about law? All right, this is not a site for people that are interested in law or have legal questions. This is a site for lawyers and judges. And then I narrowed it down to U.S. So I said the topic is United States common law. So for you law mavens in the audience, that excludes Louisiana. And the target audience is lawyers and judges practicing in the U.S. at any level, federal, state appeals, etc. And an example question that I came up with was, does anybody know of a precedent where a plaintiff successfully sued a city for torts related, relating to cracks in a sidewalk that the city should have had reason to know about? So the reason I, I said that that's an example question First of all, I picked an audience that was professional, that cares about this stuff at a much deeper level than the guy that just got busted for his first felony. Uh, because those are the most important people to attract to the site. And the way you attract them to the site is by kind of guaranteeing that they're going to be having high-level conversations about their questions. They're not going to be swamped by a bunch of people that just got busted for their first felony and what should they do first. Uh, 
And it's just like when you go to Stack Overflow, the reason you go to Stack Overflow to ask your programming question is because there's a bunch of real programmers there. And they're there Monday through Friday. And they're not really there on the weekends because this is their job and they take this crap seriously. And on the weekends, they do other things. And, uh, uh, and, and you can ask your detailed technical question, whereas if you go to Yahoo Answers with your hard programming question, there's nobody there to answer it. Or if, and, you know, and vice versa, if somebody comes into Stack Overflow and starts asking you know, how to plug in their monitor, um, nobody's going to answer them. The question is going to be closed um, because the professionals are sick and tired of providing free tech support for people that don't know anything about computers. So look at the same thing from the perspective of lawyers, targeted at lawyers. And then when you have sample questions that you're thinking of, what, what, what are the questions on this site? You got to say, you got to use the magic language. You got to use the inside jargon. You got to say precedent and plaintiff and torts and so forth uh, because, uh, on, on, the, on the legal site. Because that way, when a real lawyer stops by the site, he'll immediately see a whole bunch of legal jargon and say, oh, wait a minute. This is a site for lawyers, not for everybody's uncle who has legal trouble. And then the lawyers will come to the site. And so basically, uh, what I wrote in my answer is you know, look, there are 200 questions in the entire world that everybody has about the law. And they've already been asked on Yahoo Answers, and they have lots of answers there, and some of them are good, and some of them are bad, and I couldn't care less, and there are lots of articles about that. But there are 20 million questions that practicing lawyers have every single day about the long tail of the law, those detailed things that used to be a four-hour research project. And those are the ones that it would be a real service to the Internet to get on there. In order to do that, you've got to get the people to care about those 20 million questions, and those are the... Uh, those are lawyers, those are professionals. So, <gasps> big speech, but I, I think my point is the sites we want to cre create with Stack Exchange are not just more Ning communities or more, you know, like, hey, let's talk about sociology and let's go in there and talk about alligators and what's your favorite zoo and what should I do with my kids? Uh, let's, let's talk about professional stuff. Let's talk about, like, deep, deep technical knowledge that the Internet is not that good at answering because it's just too deep, you know, and by deep, I mean, there's 50 people in the world that care about the answer to that question. Let's, let's, let's make it so the internet can bring those 50 people together. Wow. End of speech. And that, that was, that was, that was a speech. My boys is why I believe that the world is banana shaped. <laughs> it's from the Holy, uh, and the Holy Grail. That's why I say that all the time. Well, I, I think one concern that I brought up and I mean, I understand the process and I think every step of it is actually necessary. But I can see where people read it and go, oh, my gosh, this is like communist, you know, Soviet area bureaucracy. You know? <laughs> this is like what the movie Brazil is about, right? Yep. Um, and I think part of yep. that is you have to realize that launching a community is very, very difficult because yep. any, any one person can start a blog. And if that person happens to be incredibly talented, yeah. um, that blog will succeed. Uh, All it takes is one person writing to make that for work. five years. And yeah, and even then it takes, and like even if you're really fun. good, you have to yeah. probably write for six months yeah. solid before people yeah. will finally find you, right. you know, and say, oh my gosh, this person's yep. really good. Yep. So, yeah, so who so cares how hard it is to create the site on Blogger? That's not even the yeah. point. The question is that first six months of work that you have to do. Right? Well, I, I was thinking more along the lines of you need, <laughs> you need a group of like minded people to actually come yes, together. To help you. And, and the, the example I like to give people is okay, let's say you're going to go out for lunch with your coworkers. In the case I don't, I have my coworkers are cats. So this doesn't work well for me. But Joel, you have coworkers. Let's say for some, yeah. I know you have these wonderful <laughs> catered lunches. But yeah. Let's say something crazy happens. You're like, oh, let's go out for lunch. Yeah. So if it's just you and Michael or some other one or two other developers going for, going out for lunch is no big deal. Right. It's like you just pick a place and you go. Yeah. But the minute the group gets to about the size of ten. Yeah. 
going to lunch is a nightmare, like oh a friggin' God. nightmare. Are you kidding? Yeah, this is why it was a miracle that the Israelites got out of Egypt in one day. <laughs> <laughs> and that's just a really simple problem. It's like nobody really cares. Like let's just go for lunch somewhere. It's, nobody yeah. has any like it's not political. Nobody's going to get religious about it usually. Yeah. And even then, it's incredibly difficult. So the minute you you have a group dynamic, you actually need this process. I swear. I know it looks like a lot. Everything that I know and everything that Joel knows about how communities work tells me that you need these steps. Right. Like you need, and, and as we do this process, we might say, okay, some of these are too long, too short. We will certainly refine the process. But there's nothing that's in there that we don't believe is actually necessary to, to, to at the other end, have a community that actually has some chance of actually working. I got so, it. Um, yeah. And, and I don't think it's that hard either because what you're doing is you're recruiting a few other people who are interested and it's to, to vote for your proposal. And to help you get it off the ground. And the process is designed so that you can build support for the site so that it works. Uh, it, it's, a, it's a process. It's the beginning of a process. You know, we could make it easier to create a site so that anybody can create a site. And then there's just going to be a bunch of empty sites. Because all we're doing is, so basically all we're doing is we're saying, you know what, the site doesn't show up to the world until it's hit critical mass. Right? So, so it's just as difficult as it always was. You're going to have to persuade people to go there and ask questions and answer questions. You always had to do that. You had to do that even when you were paying us. It's just well, that it, it doesn't show, show up. In a way, it's actually easier now because we're going to point our audiences at your site. Yep. I mean, we're going to essentially be publicizing. Yep. Every site that comes through is going to go through this vetting process through what's actually publicized. Right. And then as you come into the network, uh, assuming you have content that's compatible, um, we can actually migrate questions from site to site. Um, site identities will be retained. Like we're mm -hmm. working on like this grandiose single sign-on plan. Mm -hmm. um, we've already improved our matching. So if you log on with Google, which is what most people do, we can actually fingerprint you. We can actually, you know, fairly easily tell you're on. Oh, you're on six other sites in our network. Um, and we'll be educating people. There'll be cross promotion. I mean, actually, ironically, this might end up being easier than just paying $129 a month and going at your own. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I think uh, it actually will be easier. Let me give you an example. Somebody, uh, uh, um, I guess I'll, I'll try to an anonymize him because he sent me a private email, so I don't really know if he wants to be publicized. But somebody had created a site on Stack Exchange, and it had uh, one question. Nobody had ever gone there. And uh, he said, you know what, I'm kind of worried about your new process because the site that I created would never have gotten created under your new system. And he said, my, the, my, my site is for a very narrow niche, and a very specific group of people, and uh, uh, him, <laughs> just kidding, uh, and, and under the <laughs> old system, it got created because I went and signed up for it, and under the new system, I would have to get programmers, essentially, on Stack Overflow who are not really the audience for my site, and some, some tiny subset of them might be, but, but th that's not the right audience, uh, to, to, to get excited about the site, and they're not going to. Uh, they're not going to come in and, and, and create it, so I'm concerned about the new process. And, and I wrote back to him and I said, listen, face reality here, your site did not get created under the old system. Y yes, you opened it. Yes, there's a URL, but nobody goes there. There's no questions. There's no answers. And he said, yeah, I was planning to get people in. I was, you know, when I, I, was, I was hoping to, to have some time later when I finish with this. I'm really busy with this startup that I'm working on right now. But when I was done with that, I was going to go recruit people and sign people up and do some marketing and spend some actual cash money getting people into the site and all that kind of stuff. I was planning to do that all, but you know, you know, right now I'm busy with this other startup. And I said, you know what, well, the problem here is that you, you were trying to create this site and, and you kept telling yourselves, I got this other startup and this is my second startup. So 
So it, it's not worth the money. I'm not going to do it because of the money reason. But when you look at why you wanted the site to exist, you want it to exist for altruistic reasons because you really need this site because you're going to get benefit from the site and you're going to help other people with this site. And that's why you wanted to create it, not for the money. And the money is making you think it is not worth going to the effort right now. But, but under the new system, here's what would happen. There would be no opportunity to make money. So you, 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 you would never be thinking, is it worth the small amount of money I can make off of the site to work on it? You would just be thinking, do I need this site to exist because I need to make the world a better place by providing good answers and being able to ask questions on this important topic that is important to me? And, uh, and under the new system, what's going to happen is you're going to go in there and you're going to find the other six or 12 or 10 programmers that are in the entire Stack Overflow community that have similar problems and care about this just as much as you. And all of them are going to get together with you and they're going to go to their friends and neighbors and other people that they know are in this community and get them to support the site. So now all of a sudden you're not alone trying to create the site and then deciding because it's not worth that much money to you that it's not a priority. Now you've got a group of people that all really care about it, none of whom are in it for the money, all of whom are going to work their butts off to make the site get created. So, so my strong belief, I told this guy, is that in the current universe, your site did not get created. And in, in this alternate universe, I, I don't know if this is true, but in the future universe, it, it probably will, or at least it can. Again, I can imagine how it would. Because you're going to have all those other uh, enthusiasts uh, who believe in the same ideas as you believe in uh, helping you out. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the flip side. And I, I think people aren't, I think, getting that quite yet. <laughs> yeah. But hopefully they will. Like, I think we, we might produce fewer sites this way, but I think we'll produce sites that are much more likely to actually make the internet better and survive. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I'm okay with that with that trade-off. Now, as we get better at this process, you know, we're building a, a, a government basically. Um, th- one of the questions that came up, Joel, was like, how much ownership? Okay, they were like, okay, ownership is totally diluted. Why will people care about the site? And I want to mention a few technical things that we're going to do. First of all, there's going to be some process where if you were involved with the founding of the site you may have some special privileges. At the very least, you'll have a badge. If you if you supported a site at startup and you followed through on that pledge for support. So when you pledge for support, we're going to have some metrics of measuring, okay, I said I I will go on the site, I'll do a certain number of things. It's not onerous. It's not like we're asking you to do a lot. We just want to make sure you actually did what you said you were going to (laughs) do. And if you follow through with that and the site succeeds, you will have a founder's badge at the very least. And we're also looking at for people that come in early, there's there's a system where the people who are most invested in the site should be the moderators because Mm -hmm. they're the most excited about the site, they wanted to survive the most. Right. During the interim period, they are the de facto moderators. Yeah. Now, once the site gets more mature, you'll have elections and so on and so forth, but early on, you can't have elections. There's just not enough people. Right. So there will be, I think, at least some, and of course, there'll be the beta badge, like we historically have had. Anybody who comes in during the beta gets a badge and does something. Um, but I just want to mention those few technical things. But I don't know, Joel, do you want to riff on like diluted ownership argument? Um. The fusion of responsibility, is that the one where all those people sat and watched some poor woman get murdered in Queens because they all thought well, the argument is the that, okay, that one? Well, the argument is that now... Sorry, you know, I was wondering which button you were pushing. <laughs> Joel, speak The argument 26. is that now since people aren't paying, they're, they're not as motivated to, you know... Yeah, make no, sure I think it's... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I believe it's exactly the opposite. There's an awesome TED speech about that, uh, which we will link to in the show notes. But, but basically, my belief here is that if you are... 
Um, it's just like this guy that, that had uh, an idea for a site and really wanted to do it and um, actually believed that he could make a little bit of money doing it, but it just wasn't as much money as you could make in his day job. So he never really got off his butt, but he, he really cared about the site, and that's what started him. It wasn't really the money. If you asked him, do you really care about the money, he didn't. The trouble is when there's money associated with something, then it allows you to put values on things and, and ask yourself, is this worth my time? So for example... Uh, you, you know, occasionally people will, 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 that write for magazines will, will, will call me up and say, Joel, would you write an article for us? And I say, no. And they say, we'll pay you, really. We'll pay you, you know, $5 a word. And I say, not for all the money in China. It doesn't matter. I, I don't want to write an article for your magazine. I'm busy. Uh, there, there is no amount that you can pay me. I mean, there probably is. But there is no reasonable amount that you can pay me <laughs> to write an article for your magazine. Because if I want to write something, it's because I want people to read it. Anyway, uh, and, uh, um, and yet... I write articles for free on Stack Overflow and MetaStack Exchange and these sites all the time. Right. If you were in some way paying me to answer those questions, I would have to ask myself, what is the right amount that you have to pay me? And can you imagine how much, you know, I mean, it, it's, not, it's not just that it would be a lot. It's that I'd be constantly saying to myself, is this really worth $2.50? Is this really worth $5? The answer would always be no. But it's, is it worth it to help somebody with their problem or to answer a question or to influence the world or to get some attention uh, on, my, on my beautiful self? Uh, yeah, that's worth it. So um, that's, that's what it's all about really is just like literally by making it, by making it a voluntary, you know, this is, this is people helping each other out here. Uh, we, and by eliminating uh, uh, the, the entrepreneurial like capitalism and this is money, what we're doing is we're, get, we're getting the, the people that actually care to be much more involved and not the people that think that they might make a, make a buck, but, but they don't really care because they can't really make a buck or whatever. So, um, uh, so that's my speech about that. Hey, uh, uh, Robert, are you still with us? Yes, I'm still here. Can you hear me? Okay. Yeah. Yep. Um, do you have, uh, okay. what are the, some of the, we, we, uh, when we, uh, when we announced this new process, we said, if you have any questions, contact Robert, that's his whole job is to sit there and answer, um, all your questions and concerns, mostly for the people that had already created sites who are wondering about what's going to happen going forward. What, what kind of questions are you getting? Well, the first wave of users were just very concerned that, um, you know, that there was going to be a limited amount of time that they would be able to migrate their sites to the new system and they wanted some clarification on how that would work. Mm-hmm. Um, more and more users are just interested in, you know, how do I get started? You know, when, where's this site? How do I create my site? How can I get a head start? And I'm seeing more and more of that. Cool. That's um, pretty quick. You know, we started directing them to the meta and you can see now I think there's 18 new sites proposed. Yep. Um, you know, and they know it's not official and that's not going to really get their site proposed, but they're very anxious to get this head start and to get feedback from the community, and you could see the enthusiasm just in those threads. Mm-hmm. Um, the rest of them are just um, mostly just, you know, concerns about the new model, and can I get my site created, and, you know, I only have a niche, you know, a niche subject. Um, you know, and when you start talking them through it, usually you get, uh, you know, a very positive response. Right. Um, right. So the basic so, answer is you can have a niche subject, because we're not going to create a site be, uh, because the majority of people on Stack Overflow have deemed it worthy. We're going to create a site because it has critical mass. And critical mass is probably lo- lower than you think. And so if you've got an idea for, for a site, so let's take, let's take some of these examples from these proposals. There's, there's one that actually I thought was actually kind of neat. Um, what was that one that's an Oracle uh, thing? Um, ah, it's already scrolled off the front page. Well, just click on the, the uh, site proposal tag. Yeah. Site proposal. There's 20 now. 
Jeez, these are coming in. Double Helix. That's a good one. Um, is it the one? Sta- oh, here it is. Hyperion. It's basically a stack exchange site for Oracle EPM products. All right. So I don't. I I know I'm I'm a basic programmer from the 1930s or something, but <laughs> I have never heard of Oracle EPM. I didn't, don't even know what that is. But it's pretty clear that there is a huge community of people that are doing very very deep stuff there. That's not really appropriate for whatever the heck it would be server fault or super user or Stack Overflow or whatever it is. Um, and they have you know very deep probably technical problems. And there's probably a lot of overlap between them and programmers. Um, so th- this is interesting that this is the might, might be the first one or the second one to get proposed right after firearms. And uh, it never would have occurred to us to create it, never would have occurred to me to create it, and I'll bet you it's going to work really well. So uh, let's say Justin, who proposed the site, um, actually um, thinks this is a great idea and wants to go, go ahead and do it. Pretty much all he has to do is describe the audience for that, and then he can just say, you know, basically Hyperion, you know, developers. Uh, and then And then he or other people who are also interested in this um, can submit some sample uh, questions of what type of questions might be appropriate. And then uh, we've got another part of the proposal phase where you say inappropriate questions, like these things are off topic, uh, which might be pretty neat, uh, just, to, just to sort of pre-establish some guidelines as to what's inside and what's outside the boundary of the questions and answers that will be on the site. And, uh, and, um, and uh, the, the, you know, they'll make their proposal. Uh, and then let's say that there are people on Stack Overflow. That'll be awesome. All you really got to do is find enough uh, that we can be convinced that the site is going to be alive. And, and, and I don't know what that number is exactly, and we're going we're gonna to figure that out by looking at the data, and we're going to figure that out empirically. Like if, if we get 200 people saying that they'll participate in the site, uh, it works. But if we get 50, it doesn't work, then we're going to set the cutoff at 200. And if it turns out that people create lots of sites, but they don't really, uh, uh, you know, they, they trail off after a long time, then we might increase the reputation that's required of those people uh, that, that say that they'll go to the site before we actually decide that that might, might actually work. Um, and the, but if you can't find people on Stack Overflow that are interested in talking about that, or if you can only find a few, um, you can still go to the outside world and you can, go, you can go to the people in your community that don't know about Stack Overflow and say, hey, I'm trying to create a Q&A site, which is what you could always do previously. You, what you had to do previously is you had to find your own people and bring them in and have them vote for the site. So, uh, so if anything, I think it's going to be a little bit easier because we're giving you kind of a focused place to help find other people uh, that will be interested in the site so that you don't have to do all the legwork uh, yourself. So I have another question for Robert. Uh, Robert, we've all sort of brought up our little questions that people have asked us that we thought were particularly interesting about this. Do you have anything that you wanted to highlight or talk about? I know you've been very, very active on um, Metastack Exchange answering people's questions. Well, you know, just what we were just talking about, um, I just answered a question on Meta. The user was concerned that um, because this is going to be sort of spiraling out from a group of essentially Stack Overflow people, that he would never get his niche niche um, you know, site created, right, that right. there's just no users that are willing to you know, support his site. And I said, you know, Compared to the, uh, you know, the old system, uh, you right. know, the whole idea that they, he would be able to put this site online, you know, build it and they will come, was just just a big failure for most sites. Yeah. And I said, um, you know, that now that you're sort of building, you're proposing your site to a community, you know, in a, in a larger community, that, you know, it only really does take a few, um, you know, supporters, and that really all we're asking you to do is to um, show that there's an enthusiastic, committed community to just even bother. You know, starting it, and uh, you know, it's really that simple. Mm-hmm. And um, 
you know, and as far as, you know, the supporters having to be from Stack Exchange, as these sites become, um, you know, more and more popular, more and more created, the users, the experienced Stack Exchange users will spiral out quickly from that, that sort of programming center. And those users, when they become experienced, they'll be able to contribute and support, you know, more and more diverse communities. And uh, yeah, this thing is going to go mainstream quickly. very, very quickly. I mean, Twitter started at South by Southwest, right, among the Uber geeks. And it is now about as mainstream as any technology can get. Um, Facebook started with Harvard students. And you might say, well, how the hell am I going to take these elite Ivy League, you know, white brats who are on, on a dating site? and make that site popular. And I was just blown away the last time I went to Israel and every taxi driver was using Facebook all day long. So uh, uh, it, do, it does, uh, it's just sort of the, everybody keeps coming back to six degrees of separation, but you really are, are only six degrees separated from, from pretty much most people. I, I think that, that's, that theory was slightly disproven. But, but uh, you, you know, you'll, you'll get there very, very quickly, if not in the first wave, then in the second wave or the third wave. And uh, I think that we, we will actually spread. And... Um, and what I'm actually looking for, personally, is not another Yahoo Answers with a bunch of people asking each other how to be more popular in, in junior high school. Uh, I'm looking for the site with professionals asking each other the deep, dark, technical secrets and the hard things that they don't know how to answer. Expert answers to your question. Yep. And expert, by which we mean like actual expert, not just, uh, and, and not because we hired, hired them and not because we know who they are and not because we decided who they are, but because those experts are on there participating in the site because that's where they get answers to their questions. And the beautiful thing about this software is that if you can't, re you can't restrict who can answer questions, but if you don't get an expert answer, it's very quickly pushed down the list and the best answers always float right to the top. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that's, you know, you can really tell the difference between an expert answer and a, you know, a sort of man on the street sort of just spouting off his latest theories on something. So one thing I, I do want to mention is that we uh, let me let me again draw some boundaries. So with 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 sites like Dig and Reddit, I feel like Dig and Reddit have never Dig to some degree has been able to do this, but I think Reddit like not at all is to escape the the engineering ghetto where I mean we love programmers. Programming is what we do. Programming is what we yeah. know. But I think to 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 make a legitimate case, you've built a tool that's useful to the wider internet. You have to be able to spread beyond topics that only geeks would love. Right. I mean, it can be geek-related. It can be geeky or geekish. But yeah. we, I, I really feel like to be successful, we've got to prove that we can escape the geek ghetto. Yeah. And, and believe me, I love the geek ghetto. I spend all my time in it. I love it. But it, it reached a certain point where it's like, if I see one more XKCD cartoon, I'm going to snap, right? It's like... <laughs> Yes. I, I, sometimes you want something different, and and I feel like the cool thing about programmers, it comes from a place of optimism. Like I think programmers are, are I mean, I love programmers. I'm a programmer. I have a lot of other interests that aren't necessarily programming related. That's right. Um, that I would love to talk rock about. Band. Yeah, like Rock Band, and I'm, I'm also a gamer. And I, granted, I'm a, I'm such a hardcore geek that my stuff tends to be related. But like guns, like I'm not into guns. I don't know anything about guns. It might be cool. I don't know. Um, I would love to see us explore that topic if that's something we're interested in. And then, and then I feel like that the whole six degrees of separation thing you talked about hopefully will play out where eventually you'll begin attracting people who are just like, oh, hey, I'm, I'm a gun enthusiast too. I don't know anything about programming, but I found this community. Yeah. And then hopefully the success of this new site creation tool that we're talking about, in my mind, will be how many people we can bring in that aren't part of the existing community. Right. That's, to me, a really yes. key metric of how well yep. this new site Well, I'm, I'm sort work. of looking at it as uh, when, when do we go mainstream? Like how many, how many, it's probably years, but how many years does it take before there is sort of mainstream awareness of Stack Exchange 
at the same level as there is programmer awareness of Stack Overflow right now. And that's a pretty tall, you know... That's a big goal. <laughs> that's sure, a big sure. goal. But, but I support it. And <laughs> yeah. honestly, I would be happy if we just got far enough that we review it as like, okay, this is a really... You've created a new tool. This is the screwdriver. I've never seen a screwdriver before. That's amazing. It's really good at doing this thing of, you know, this screwing in uh, screws um, versus the hammer that I used before. If we can be viewed as like the, one of the best screwdrivers, like the exemplary screwdriver that's mm-hmm. the model for everybody else, then, then to me that has kind of accomplished the goal. Even if it's not us personally creating all these stites, um, I would just be happy to just advance the state of discussion on the Internet and, and I've said this many times, but I really believe this. Like, I just, I just ultimately want the better engine to be out there, and people know to to know to have mainstream awareness that there is the screwdriver out there now that we mm-hmm. created. Mm-hmm. That they can put that in their toolbox. They don't have to buy it from us. You could buy the Sears Craftsman, or you could buy the True Value Hardware one. Yeah, and we but there is a screwdriver. Oh, I shouldn't say that. I'm gonna have to go delete that from the podcast. <laughs> a lot of patents here, people. A lot of patents. Yeah. <laughs> So let's. Do we have any more questions specifically? Um, uh, there, there were a couple. I don't think they're that. They're, I, I don't think they're that interesting. Somebody asked, "Why don't you just open source the, the software and be done with it?" And uh, you know, and, and that we does definitely nothing to advance community, though. Correct, because there is an open source version. It's Shepito. There's a couple others, I think, too. Um, yeah. Yeah. Just, just writing the software does not advance community, and 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 it it. Uh, in, in fact, I actually think it harms it. Not uh, 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 before you kill me. And I know there's already a bomb in my mailbox at home. Um, we, you know, one of the things that I think harms community is when you fragment it. And so the only way you're going to get an answer to really difficult questions of like, you know, in, in 1938, if you took TWA from Kansas City to Albuquerque, did you have to stop over in Amarillo, right? Somebody, somebody knows the answer to that. Uh, uh, that, 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 that I, I actually know the answer to that because there's a, there's a TWA advertisement on my, on my wall that... that the answer to that question, but um, but not that many people know the answer to that question, and it's going to be somebody who cares. And so, how do we meet up? How do the, how do we meet? How do those two people meet uh, on the internet? Um, uh, if you create four hundred awesome aviation airliner aeronautics websites, which is the current state of affairs, then the chances that when I go to any one of them, I'm going to find somebody that has this poster on their wall are, are very very slim. If if you can create one sort of centralized place. That is the airliner history buff or, or plane spotting website or whatever it may be, or even just the Transworld Airlines fans, uh, and it's the site, not a site, then you're much more likely to get your answers to those difficult questions. And that's why I feel like, if anything, if, 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 this, if we just made a software open source and relied on that to spread it, you would get a million communities. I mean, think about what would have happened if Facebook in the Harvard days had decided to make Facebook open source. Well, what would have happened is a kid at Yale would have downloaded it and installed it, and there would have been the Yale Facebook. And then all of a sudden, every kid in every college would be doing this. And now there are a million Facebooks, and that's awesome. Now, how do you connect to your friends at Harvard if you go to Yale? Well, you can't under that system. So making, uh, and in fact, by the time you got to Dartmouth, there would be four different kids that all set up Facebooks, and they would all be competing on campus. They'd be like, we have the most hot girls and we have the cutest jocks and whatever the case may be. I don't know what they're going to, on what benefit they're going to compete. But uh, um, that's nice, but there's really something about the network effects, about getting us all in the same communications platform. It doesn't have to be ours, but, uh, but, we're, but, but, but if we, we can create it, that's the best way to do it. I mean, we're not trying to create software so that anybody can make a telephone system. We're trying to create the telephone systems so that people can call each other up. 
It's a natural monopoly. In fact, I think we should go to the government and get a monopoly on Q&A sites. <laughs> I just had a great idea. Uh, well, part of being a part of the fabric of the internet is, is I don't really feel like we need to own everything. I'm right. very comfortable. You know, if we decide we're only good at a certain number of things, um, that's fine. Yeah, I, I don't actually have a problem with that. And I, I think the pie is so large that I, I've never really viewed this as like for us to win, others have to lose. No, that is, that is correct. But really I do think, think that that's true. You, I, I, you're right. Uh, but I do think that the, when we expend effort, we recognize the value of these network effects. So if there, are, if there already is a Stack Overflow-like site, whether it's using our software or some open source software or somebody else's software, like Doctype uh, might be an example, although they don't have that much traffic. Um, but they're, 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 they're a site on a certain topic. Um, and, and, and if there is a site like that that's not using our software that has critical mass, then it's actually a bad thing for us to go and try to take over that audience because we're just going to splinter it and uh, we may or may not win. Uh, what we need to do is sort of, in those cases, we, we actually do want to sort of back off. Uh, whereas uh, in, in other areas, what we find is just a bunch of people using vBulletin and PHPBB, and they're all over the place, and there's 18 of them. And uh, those, those, those people, uh, those, those are the cases where we kind of want to come in and make one big site. We don't want 15 people to make 15 little sites. And, you know, as you were talking, I realized another metric of success is if we can just organically find other communities that are willing to migrate to our platform, just say, oh, you know, this is an open process. We have an existing community. Yeah. Um, and some of us would like to do it on this new platform. Yeah. Um, that would also be another indication of success. And I'm wondering if we, we need to lobby or at least make them aware that it's there. I mean, I wonder how, how well, let me tell you, we should be pushing that. Jeff, let me tell you my belief about these other communities. And this is from our experience that we had with jQuery. Uh, my belief is that if you go to an existing community somewhere, like let's say jQuery was using Google Groups, and they say, we hate Google Groups, we want to use your software, your software is way awesomer, and we say, all right, great, let's migrate you onto our software or onto our platform, um, then, th then they say, terrific, now here's a list of features that we had on Google Groups. Do you have every single one of these features? And then we say, well, no, it doesn't really work that way. We don't send email, for example, because that's not what we do. Uh, and then they say, well... Now, I don't use that email feature, but there's a bunch of people in our community that are really devoted to getting everything in their inbox, and they do not want to go to the web because they, they use Opera on Linux, and it sucks. And, and we say, okay, um, maybe it's not, it's not for them. Those communities inevitably, inevitably, when, 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 when they ask their members, shall we move to this new software? There is a small number of members who do not want cheese moved under any circumstances. And they say, do not move the cheese under any circumstances, no matter how much better it's going to be. And no matter how small they are or how few they are, they're, they're, they're very vocal because something is being threatened to be taken away from them, they believe. And they usually win those debates, those, the, the naysayers. So the best we're even do, seeing, yeah. Go ahead, we're Mark. even seeing that within our community where um, you know, we talk about this new platform and a lot of users are asking like, will my site work exactly like it does right now? I went through a lot of you know, tweaking and color changes and this mm -hmm. and that, you know, and they haven't even seen the new platform yet. So, so I understand what you're saying. Yeah. You know? people, people just want to keep doing what they're doing. And communities especially become conservative because uh, um, they, they don't take a vote of should we shut this down and move. They say, let's be reasonable here. We're all friends. What, what would we all agree upon? And the answer is nothing. The only thing we all agree upon is the world being exactly the way it is because you all came to this old vBulletin software and you come back to this vBulletin software and you obviously agree on the vBulletin software because that is why we are here. But 
anything different is, it's almost like Cantor's diagonal proof. Anything that you change is just going to remove some people from uh, uh, the, the people that are, that are willing to move. And so you can't move a community. What you can do, however, is say, all right, we're opening another thing. We've got the vBulletin thing for discussion, community, conversation, socializing, even asking subjective questions, shooting the breeze, announcing when somebody important in the community has a baby, um, you know, going off topic once in a while, telling some jokes, job listings, awesome. Uh, but for questions and answers, we're going to create this additional community on the side based on Stack Exchange. And then what, what we tend to see happening, and I've seen um, several examples of this, is that the Stack Exchange does really well and grows and grows and grows. And the old site kind of stays steady, or maybe it, you know, it declines a little bit. Um, doesn't never really goes away. But the Q&A moves on to a platform that's more appropriate for it, and the community conversation discussion stuff stays back where community conversation discussion uh, makes sense. That's, that's what I think is going to be the most likely case. So I, I don't actually believe that it is worth any amount of money or any amount of users to try to persuade that last person that is just dedicated to the old Google Group's way of doing things because he wants everything in his inbox. I, 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 you know, we're not going to do that feature that gives you everything in your inbox. Well, well, I think uh, I agree with everything you just said. And uh, I think when I, when I proposed that, what I was really proposing is attracting the people that are interested in actually trying something new. Oh, yeah. I don't think we would try to turn off the old community. I, I think maybe that's what you're getting at is right, right. they will just run in parallel and then one will... Yep. I mean, again, we don't have to survive the expense of other things. I mean, the people that like our model, which I view as a very information-centric model, um, will migrate to that model. And those who want a place to socialize and hang out and have a backroom conversation will maybe stay with the other engine. Uh, but what you've what you got to realize is that I think our engine does a very, very good job of extracting information from a community. So you're going to end up with maybe a community on one side that has a lot of the good information extracted <laughs> and is going to eventually become dominant because I really believe that, I don't know, people just want information and, and that the scent of information is what attracts really high-quality people, uh, in my opinion. Possibly. I mean, I think one thing that might happen is that you get the people that like to shoot the breeze in one place and they're having fun and they're the ham radio operators and they enjoy meeting people in their career and their profession. Uh, and maybe for us, that's meta. And then on the other side, you get the business like, all right, just the facts, ma'am. Here's the question. Here are the answers. Here's the question. Here's the answers. And I think some people may, may justifiably say that when this happens, you lose something. I mean, we got that email from the guy in the New Zealand.net users group a long time ago saying, oh, you completely eviscerated the New Zealand.net users group because we used to ask each other .net questions and everybody from the New Zealand.net users group has now moved to Stack Overflow and there's nobody left to talk to and I can't make friends from New Zealand who are .net programmers which I used to be able to do. Sure. And I think there's some communities where there's not really a core of information anyway. They're just mostly about... And that. there's nothing wrong with yeah, that. Yeah, sure. Oh, my god. It's just you've yes. got to realize what our engine is good at. So if, if you point a community <laughs> like that at our engine, they'll just like shrug and say, what, why would I want to do that? Right, politics. Understandably. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, so I, in, in, When I was in college, the biggest Usenet news group was Talk Politics Mideast. And it's just a bunch of people debating Middle Eastern politics. In a oh, totally wow. non-productive way, paragraphs after paragraphs. I, every every day, I would log on to Usenet, and I subscribed because it was fun. But uh, I, I would log on to Usenet, and there would be, you know, <laughs> I subscribed be, because it was fun. Yeah, wow. Was, well, yeah, I was nineteen, <laughs> twenty-two. Yeah, there were there would be a question about there would be uh, you you'd log on to Usenet, and you'd be like, all right, comp.sys.ibm.pc, twenty-four new new topics. Uh, you know, 
whatever whatever the other groups were, you know, sock.yale, eight new topics. Talk.politics.mideast, 9,246 new topics. It was always just like disproportionately uh, crowded compared to everything else. Uh, it just swallowed everything up, else up. And there would just be people there screaming and yelling and just writing these long polemic screeds. People would write the longest things in the world. Uh, it was um, uh, truly amazing. Well, I think my argument is... And will never happen on Stack Overflow. Well, my argument is, like, imagine if all that effort was being expended completely pointlessly mm-hmm. on debating Middle East politics was used to create useful information for other people. Mm-hmm. I mean, that would be pretty amazing, right? I mean, this is, that's really what Stack Overflow is about. It's like, we want to have some fun. I mean, we are tweaking the dials, and I had to have a whole blog post about, okay, it's okay to have some fun. Because actually, it's gotten very strict on Stack Overflow. Yeah. Do you remember in the beginning, people were asking, oh, what's the favorite music to program to? Yeah. This was like an acceptable question early on in the life cycle of the site. Yeah. But now, I mean, that would get closed like instantly within like 60 seconds. seconds. Yeah, within yeah. seconds, literally, that would be closed if you wow. ask that now on Stack Overflow. Uh, I'm going to. So, yeah, so some <laughs> of this is okay. And I think if you can yeah. ask it the right way, and, and, you know, we don't want to be all business, but it is true that we're trying to say, look, all that time you spent debating this and that, like, there's ways to turn that into useful information that actually doesn't need to be thrown away in a year because it doesn't matter anymore. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I, I'm not shy about trying to convince people that that's sort of the right thing to do. Um, but I'm willing to tweak the dials, too. I mean, there's certain amounts of fun we tolerate, certain amounts of discussion we tolerate. Um, as long as you can stay focused on the information, I think there's ways to tweak the dial for different communities. And as we get fold in new communities, the engine itself is going to evolve. We're going to adapt and add new features and you know, make it more you know, copacetic for these communities. I mean, it's, it's, it's not going to be a fully rigid system. It's going to be a managed system in that we're going to try to city plan it, right, mm-hmm. as city planners. But we realize that different cities have different needs. So uh, I'm some flexible in that regard, too. All right. Um, well, that's pretty much it for our special interim interregnum podcast uh, XXX edition. That's right. Um, Extreme. I don't have any announcements because this is, you know, this is not the podcast. Uh, yeah, we don't have any announcements because we have no idea what we're going to do next. <laughs> yeah. We'll we have no idea if there's even going to be a podcast anymore. We'll work on it. We'll, so, we're working on it. We're working on it. Yeah. Um, we'll figure something. Yeah. By the way, I did have to completely rewire all my gear for this podcast. Every Excellent. time. Hopefully it got recorded. I'm, I'm hoping this all got recorded. Oh, yeah. Now, now that pretty much always happens. But I literally have to – I look at this big mess <laughs> of M-Audio mobile pre-USBs and uh, digital recorders and microphones and headsets and mixers that is on my desk. And I just say, all right, this wasn't working last time. And I unplug every single cable from every single device, turn all the knobs to zero, and then start setting it up again one step at a time. It's always different. Uh, so uh, that was uh, that was the podcast. Uh, thank y'all very much. Stay tuned Thanks. for um, yeah. Oh, a transcript wiki. We can and, have a transcript wiki and uh, yeah. show notes as usual. Um, the show notes uh, will be at blog.stackoverflow.com with links to some of the things that we mentioned on the site. Um, if you're interested in the new Stack Exchange system, that was a blog post on blog.stackexchange.com, not Stack Overflow, Stack Exchange. And uh, the discussion of this and the proposals for new sites right now are all happening on meta.stackexchange.com, M-E-T-A dot S-T-A-C-K-E-X-C-H-A-N-G-E dot C-O-M. Right. Did you get that all? And then keep an, keep an eye out for Robert. He is our community moderator. So. Robert Cartano is our community moderator. He'll be on there, and you can email him at rcartano. At so give him like a, a, a vampire zombie poke when you see him. Yeah. <laughs> Throw a cow yes. over the moon in his general direction. That's right. Okay, Uh, the end.
That's it. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to Stack Overflow with Jeff Atwood and Joel Spolsky. The Conversations Network is a 501c3 nonprofit, and we need your help. For a tax-deductible donation of as little as $5 per month, you can support this channel and the rest of the Conversations Network. So please visit conversationsnetwork.org to become a member and help us continue to bring our programs to the world for free. Our audio files are delivered by Limelight Networks, the high-performance content delivery network for digital media. The post-production audio engineer for this program was Joel Spolsky. Our website editor was Jeff Atwood. The series producer is Jeff Atwood. This is Phil Windley. I hope you'll join me next time for another great presentation from Stack Overflow here on IT Conversations.